0: Live from a NASCAR bunker in Kyle's parents' basement, it's turned the radio off with Mike Parsons and Kyle Bauer.
1: Facebook.com slash TTRO show. Follow along on Twitter.com slash TTRO show. Or just listen right now. It's turned the radio off.
0: Yeah, so Kyle, you and I are, are much like Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Uh, how so? Well, because we dropped a brand new episode out of the blue yesterday. Or not yesterday, last week. We're a lot of, well, I'm a little out of practice too. Yeah, yeah, like, right. like Beyonce and Taylor Swift Right, we were
1: just kind of messing around And we became uh, drunk in love Is is that one of the... What are some other popular culture references uh, we, That I don't understand
0: that we've, you can lay out for me We've become crazy right
1: now um. Uh, what are some other good references from 2015 that'll help aid to the joke?
0: Yeah, it's, you know what, let's not force it Let's not force the joke yeah. um, Because, y- you know what, we've got uh, a lot of terrible things to talk about
1: Yeah, who, who has time for humor?
0: No, humor Humor died in 2020 You know, I think that's what somebody would call uh, mirth is, is that what that
1: is? Don't ever trust anyone who says mirth
0: yeah, what, what is that? That sounds like a Christmas
1: tune. I don't even know exactly what it means, but but there's always like some guy who's who's has like. Do you a- mean Girth? I I no like no. my waistline? I, I yeah, I did, that's something that we definitely both have too much of. Uh but no, I was going to say there's there's always somebody who's like, "Oh, it's time for mirth and mayhem." And and they're wearing like one of those uh fedoras or something like that and you know, that's that's a type of guy that you can't trust especially right now. A
0: guy who uses the word mirth probably uses the term um gay to mean happy like ironically thinking it's yeah. funny. Yeah, there
1: there was um There's a comedian, writer, musician, guy named Tom Sharpling who... I actually think he would say that, and it's it's ironic that I make fun of that because he would say that, and I would like his show other than him saying that. A guy, I would trust him, but I want to trust anybody else who says mirth.
0: A guy who says mirth is that same guy who back in uh, like 2007 got that mustache tattooed onto his pointer finger. Yes, you know that's what I'm talking exactly about? it. Yeah.
1: I was struggling with the, the, the proper analogy to really illustrate what I'm talking about, like what type of guy...
0: He used to say m'lady unironically until that became much uh, maligned online.
1: Right, we're talking about like steampunk people. Yeah,
0: like mystery from the pickup artist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that guy. I that's still that's a show that thankfully is long out of talking about dated references. That would not do well in the Me Too era. I don't think, no, that show shouldn't have done well back then, and it's crazy to think that it was a
0: cultural thing. Are you negging me, Kyle? I believe I am. I nag you all the time. You nag me all the time. Quit peacocking in my basement. I just got these floors
1: washed. I was in line at the Arby's (laughs) for the show, and I texted you because I, I knew that you'd be concerned if I wasn't on time. Right.
0: Yeah, it's and I,
1: I was worried that you were going to start negging me. Right.
0: Well, and for those worried that you hear that dog in the background, that is not my dog being tortured. She's uh, negging me right now. She's, <laughs> she's negging Kyle from upstairs. She is, because I, I
1: gave her... Uh, no, no, actually, what happened was... Well, actually, I nagged her because I gave her a little bit of attention... And then I told her, Trudy, your breath is terrible. You gave her... And a, then I turned away.
0: You gave her a backhanded compliment. You're like, you're cute for a hypoallergenic dog.
1: Right. She's got to fight for my attention right. now. And you can hear her. Obviously, right. she's upstairs
0: distressed. So that's a new feature on this reboot of Turn the Radio Off. Every now and then, you'll hear my dog whining from upstairs because she hears voices in the basement and she can't come down. So I don't know how off-putting that is, but I will post a picture... Um, after every episode, so people know she's okay. Okay, you you were looking for an excuse to post a picture anyway. I mean, I do it anyway. <laughs> I do it anyway. So, wait was that was that ne- was that negging or a backhanded compliment? I
1: was negging you, Mike. Yeah. It's just more nagging. That's what this whole episode is going to be. Hey, how about we talk about this Oompa Loompa Donald Trump who's nagging the United States uh, of America right now. You, <laughs>
0: you know, Hey, there's some mirth for you. I wanted to, uh, you know what, this show needs some mirth control. Oh, I think we're I think we're all about to lose our mirth control. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I actually I
1: did want to. Uh, well, well, women, I mean, they really haven't popularized any safe birth control for men. Yeah. When when should we start calling it birth control instead of mirth? Con- because this this is a very serious topic, Mike. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, know
1: how, how how much more we can make a joke out of this without offending people. You don't, Kyle. It, it kind of comes off as insensitive after a while, and that could be a problem. It's probably
0: because it is insensitive. I, I don't
1: know. I've I
0: apologize. Let's spin the mirth wheel. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, Kyle, because, um, you know, it it used to seem like back during our original run of of Turn the Radio Off, there was only like one terrible story a week that we'd spend a half hour talking about seriously, and then we can go on to uh, some other fun stuff. And we were worn out from that. The fun thing about 2020 is between the last time we recorded last week and uh, tonight, uh, there's about four or five terrible stories out there. So there, there's there's so much terribleness and so little time. Let's dive back into it. I, I, guess, I guess we should go in chronological order. That'll be our M.O. I would go by most terrible to least terrible, but it's all terrible. Um, now, do you think the debate on Tuesday night Was the worst night of Chris Wallace's life. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And it's weird because I I was um, watching and thinking, oh, Chris Wallace. Well, he had that really good exchange with Trump about the uh, coronavirus, COVID numbers. Uh, What, about Two months ago, a month ago, I've lost all track and sense of time, so I'm not sure.
0: That was the. It is what it is. Interview, wasn't it? I believe it was. Yeah.
1: Where Chris Wallace kept hammering Trump uh, on the statistics of the. At that point, I think maybe we we're at about 180,000 deaths, and. Trump oh, started the way pull, we were started pulling out these graphs, and, and Chris Wallace is like, What are you talking about? That's not what that means. And then there is the Axios interview not too long after that. But Chris Wallace, uh, I might be blending the two a little bit, but the point is, the two came right around the same time, and it was at the point where I felt most comfortable about Biden in uh, his election bid. And I was thinking, Chris Wallace showed just the slightest bit of backbone, the slightest bit of integrity of not backing down. He'll be perfect as a moderator. He'll keep Trump under control the same way he kept Trump under control in that interview. And what did you see at the debate? Absolute off the rails. At, at, at no point was Trump under any sort of control. And you have to think that's what his strategy was. I'm going to continuously talk over Biden. I'm going to continuously talk over Wallace. I'm going to distort, distort, distort. And some of it, I'm sure, is just natural lack of attention span and just how rude and undisciplined he is as a person. But I think there was a definite strategy going in to that was I'm going to continuously talk and get Biden... Off track. Continuously distract Biden. Continuously distract Wallace. But I think he recognized early on that Wallace was distracted, that Biden was distracted, and I'm going to keep hammering them, and I'm going to keep distracting them, and I'm just going to blow this whole damn thing up. I don't care. It's what my it's what my base loves. It's what will get people talking about me. It's what will keep people talking about me. And at
0: the end of the day, that's all Trump cares about. Well, Biden definitely should have come out ready for a fight. I don't think Chris Wallace was going out there ready for a fight. He's a moderator. He shouldn't, but with Trump everything is thrown out the window. Well, and I I mean, here's the thing. I I'm watching this and I'm like this this is terrible TV. Um Every, exactly everything I thought was going to happen is happening, but it's it's ten times worse. I, I knew Donald Trump was going to come out there and he was going to, um, he was going to interrupt and he was going to talk over. But I was even shocked at the level he was. I mean, he you know h- him and his base were talking about drug testing Sleepy Joe before the debate. Check that guy for some bath salts. Jesus Christ, it was pretty bad. And. Um, but but here's the thing. I don't think that debate hurt Donald Trump for a couple of reasons. Number one, like you said Kyle, his base loves that. He came out there and he gave Chris Wallace a, a, a wedgie and he kicked the cane out from under sleepy Joe and pushed him down the stairs. And that's what his uh that's what his base wants because on one hand, you got the radical democrats and then over here, you got the Lame stream lying fake news media and Chris Wallace and, and Donald Trump's out there and he's hitting them both over the head with a bow staff. As for the undecideds, I don't know how many people are undecided out there, but I would imagine the majority of undecideds, they're not trying to figure out who to vote for. They're trying to figure out who not to vote for. Yeah. They're these people who... You know, they'll go on with their lives. They don't really pay that much attention to to politics. And they they say, oh, well, you know, both parties are bad. Oh, um, you know, um, why vote for the lesser of two evils? I'm either going to not vote or I'm going to vote third party. And I think that Donald Trump coming out, and talking over Joe Biden and goading Joe Biden into talking over him and goading Joe Biden into um, insulting him, I think just confirmed what the undecided voter already suspected: that both these guys suck, and and that they're not going to vote for either one because they don't like either one. Instead of instead of voting for the one you hate the least,
1: there have been more people. There's. Or I should rephrase that, rather. Uh, There was a surge in people requesting ballots uh, over the past couple weeks, Mm -hmm. an unprecedented surge in people requesting ballots over the past couple weeks. I think voter turnout for this election, whether it be by mail, uh, absentee, early voting, or uh, traditional in-person voting, I think is, is going to be very, very high. I think it's going to be the highest turnout we've seen since 2008, surprisingly, because I, I think people want a piece of this election one way or the other. And I know they said, in contrast to that, that the ratings were down from Quite 2016. A Quite a bit. But I think... That there is a portion of people, uh, a a small portion of people that yes are undecided and want to tune in. I think there are some people who wanted to tune in for the entertainment last night, who wanted to watch it, uh, you know, as as they would watch at a sporting event or watch as
0: the Oscars. I was so morbidly curious about what kind of shit show we were going to see, and the shit show exceeded even my lowest expectations. That was
1: was me, you know. I, I I watched it with a friend. I had a couple drinks, and I was thinking, okay, well, I'll try to have some fun with this. I, it lasted 40 minutes before we had to shut it off, before we just gave up and started watching The Simpsons. I mean, it, it, it got to the point where it was just too incoherent. You couldn't make any sense of who was talking about what. You couldn't follow what the topics were because there was so much interjection. No one could stay on topic. It was... A mess. And it was an unprecedented mess, too. You had um, pundits weighing in. You you had, um, I don't know what the hell their actual name is called, the debate commission or or whoever the hell. Oh, the ones who said that there needs to be more structures in place? That they're going to have to modify the debate rules because things were so off the rails.
0: I've been saying this since not even this year I, I i think i've been saying this since since the republican primary of of 2016 moderators need controls over the mics and um, i was going to get into this a little bit later but if if i were asked to moderate a debate i would have a couple of conditions number one i would want control over the candidates mics but i would put them on a timer So that way, when they're done, to avoid any appearances of of bias, everyone knows when this clock starts, you have two minutes. When it turns off, you're done. You'll uh, You'll have one minute to rebut, and then once that's over, you're done. And if you want to rebut what that person said in the one minute, it's going to have to come out of your next two minutes. And I I, I mean, because something something has to be done. I I mean, with these two, at least. Yeah. I I mean, and I think that I I think that any moderator who moderates any of these debates are, are setting themselves up for, as my friend Fred Slow said, setting themselves up for failure. So that's why you automate it. You say, okay, here's the question. I'm hitting the button now. You can, you can be done in a minute and a half, but once it's over, I've got no more control o- over it. So once your two minutes is done, your mic shuts off. I turn on the other guy's mic, and, then, a- a- and that's it.
1: No matter what people are going to claim bias, it's like when you're watching a sporting event, which is what I just kind of loosely compared it to. It's like when you're watching a sporting event, people are so entrenched on their sides, their beliefs, uh, because there are people despite what a mess that was last night, there are still some people who you'll talk to and say, oh, Joe Biden knocked it out of the park last night. He sent that Cheeto packing. You know, and then there are people on the other side who say, oh, well, yeah, you know, Donald Trump proved why he is the man to lead this country for the next 25 years, and he is our undisputed king and sire. Uh, anyway, um but yeah, there are still people who believe that there was actually a a winner out of that debate, and they didn't sound there's- like a couple of senile uh, boobs. Uh, but but my point is, Mike. Either way, people are going to claim bias because people were still saying, "Oh, well, there's that Chris Wallace trying to trick, uh, trying to trick uh, Trump." And not by giving him, him enough a question. time, yeah. yeah. Trying to trick Trump by asking him a question, not giving him enough time, and people are going to say, "Well, Chris Wallace, who does he work for? Fox News. Right. How is that fair?" And it's either way, people are going to claim bias. So you might as well just control the mic, it that way, yeah. Because if people are going to claim bias anyway, it's like the whole argument of of people saying, "Well." Bernie Sanders is too extreme of a candidate or Elizabeth Warren is too extreme of a candidate so we can't have that nomination for the Democratic Party. What happened immediately Trump starts with the oh you're a socialist, you're a radical, you're Antifa. Starts with that right away on Biden. The whole point is is that all all the the, the baby's pissed in the bathwater already. All of that stuff is thrown out. It's not 2004 anymore. There's going to be perceived bias no matter what the structure is. And usually
0: you'll perceive the bias against the side you're rooting for.
1: Exactly. And with that said, all the rules that you thought applied in 2004, in 2000, 2008, hell, even 2012, they're all gone, and they've been gone. We have to do things differently. We have to look at things differently, and failure to adapt will lead to the same result over and over again, which is, is one of the issues that... Uh, Democrats, again, uh, playing rope-a-dope are uh, contrary to all my uh, hand-wringing last week, or, or you know Biden's doing better in the polls, at least today, than I would have figured, um, uh, because he seemed like he was trending downward for a little bit. But it, it, things have kind of stabilized, and he's doing well. But still, even if you look at his performance yesterday— You want someone who can rise above all that chaos. You want a clear voice to cut through that chaos. He didn't prove himself to be a clear voice yesterday. He sounded just as rattled and just as confused as I think any average person would be in that situation. And when you're dealing with the chaos and mess that 2020 is, you want a clear, decisive voice. And while, of course, I'm still planning on voting for Joe Biden and, and want not think twice about that at this point, uh, I would be concerned that his performance last night demonstrated that mentally he's just not as sharp as he needs to be to pull us out of this crisis. And that brings it back to the vice president debate and talking about Wanting to see Kamala Harris become the face of this race for the Democrats,
0: uh, as as we move closer to the election. Well, it, it's kind of funny that you say that um, that that Biden looks like he's not the clear voice to get us out of. Number one, I 100% agree. Uh, you know, you look up there and you say Biden's not he's not the guy. Our guy was nowhere near that stage. Yeah, or, or woman, you know. The, the 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 person who should be the next president of the United States was nowhere near that stage last night. No, nowhere near. But I actually think that Donald Trump talking all over Biden actually helped Biden in in a weird way because I was watching and and, and you know, what, maybe this is some of my own confirmation bias, but You know, Biden's a mess a lot of times. He has a hard time staying on track. He has a hard time um, finishing a thought, you know, much like us on this show. (laughs) But his first answer, Biden seemed kind of shaky. And I think if Donald Trump, if the story of Donald Trump jumping all over Joe Biden and not letting him get a word in edgewise, if that wasn't the story today... And if Donald Trump wasn't jumping down his throat and by making Biden look like he would react the, the the same way anyone would react, the story today might be how bad Joe Biden looked in this debate.
1: It's a great point.
0: And, and today all we're talking about is, is, is how much of a shit show it was and how neither one would let the other one finish their point, which kind of lets joe biden off the hook if he really is doesn't have the cognitive stamina that the trump campaign claims that he 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 doesn't have
1: yeah and and honestly i can't remember where i saw the point on twitter and it's it's really going to bother me but um there was a uh pundit in a, a, on twitter who i i more follow him because um He's really big with with Democratic delegates and and helping down-ballot voters and He's really good with uh, kind of electoral politics, electoral predictors and stuff. Uh, so he's really good kind of with the nitty-gritty, nuts-and-bolts, nerd stuff of the mm-hmm. election. The weeds. Yes. And I really wish uh, – Bobby Big Wheel is, is his handle on Twitter, but I can't remember what his proper – Sounds. Like, I was going to say, it sounds like an AIM screen name. Yeah, I, it probably was his AIM screen name years ago. <laughs> uh, but I can't re- – yeah, but I honestly can't remember what his actual um, – surname is, uh, what his actual handle is, byline is. Anyway, I digress. Point is, uh, he said last night that if I'm Trump, the last thing I would want to do is try to draw my candidate down, my opponent down to a mucky, messy battle to a draw when I'm down seven points in the polls. So why, at best, would you want to draw? And why, at best, would you want to draw where the entire time you're just creating nothing but a bunch of noise and static? Now, I said earlier, I see the value in what Trump is doing because I know Trump's base. And I know what Trump's strategy is as far as Trump constantly loves to create static. He loves to create confusion. I call it him with bullshit. That's that's a great way of putting it. But if you're looking at it from an objective point of view, if you're looking at it just from a strategic point of view, I, I, I can also see if you're Biden, you're thinking, okay, we made it out of that one alive, but we have to come back to the next debate better. Right. No matter what Trump does, we have to come back to the next debate in Be better best. shape. Yeah. Build back better be best, whatever the hell. When they go low, we go high. Yeah, I, but his performance needed to be better, though. Uh, and, and you're right, Mike, that Trump spent so much time bullying and obfuscating that maybe it, it distracted us from the point that if, if you really tried to parcel what Biden did say in moments where he was able to get some words in... He really struggled to get some good points across, and and I even want to bring up one thing that, that bothered me uh, that he, he didn't. He, and you just kind of jokingly referenced uh, you know Michelle Obama when she said you know we go uh, when they go low, we go high. Right. He there was another moment, and I know that there are some people who would have been a gas for him doing this. But when Trump, when they were talking about the rallies and Chris Wallace was was questioning Trump on having full attendance at his rallies, okay. no social distancing, no masks or anything like that, why didn't Biden bring up Herman Cain? That would have been a singular example that you could have hit him on because when you Well, keep... all, and,
0: and, and you know what? All of Twitter did right away. All of Twitter
1: did anyway, but if you really want to hammer a point home... And again, show maybe some people on the left who are tired of seeing Democrats, seeing the party that they're supposed to be voting for, that they're supposed to be supporting, that they're supposed to be backing, be so timid and so weak and constantly allow themselves to be bullied by the right wing. You want to see some mud slung back for once in your life. That would have been a really good rallying cry to say, listen, you asshole, you got Herman Cain killed. And how many other people have you got killed from your rallies?
0: You know, uh, I, my guess is maybe the deceased are, are out of bounds because there was a point where Donald Trump last night even kind of put his hands up like, I'm not touching it, and um, Biden's son. Yeah, Biden's son. Uh, not, not Hunter. Hunter's alive and well, so he's fair game, which, which is fine. I mean, he, he, he got into that arena. He should know he's a target, much like Trump's adult children. Not yeah. Barron. He's a kid. Leave him alone. But yeah. his adult children are fair game, too, because they got into that arena. But um, Biden was, was trying to throw the um, losers and suckers uh, story back at Trump. And so he referenced Bo Biden and Trump was about to was about to tee off. He's like, Wait, are you talking about Hunter or Bo? And then Biden's like, Bo. And then he goes, Well, I don't really know Bo that well. And then he went back in on Hunter Biden. So I don't know, may, maybe that's like the last that's like the last shred of decorum maybe here is is is, is the deceased are out of bounds. Or you know what? It could have just been that that Joe Biden wasn't quick enough on his feet to think about that. I think
1: either are possible because like I said, I could see a lot of pundits trying to turn that into a big deal. You know, how, how dare you invoke the deceased, uh, to, to score political points. But again, how many times have we seen conservatives do stuff like that? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think, I think if he did do that and I was watching, I might probably kind of do a pearl clutch like instinctively, um, but politically, you're right. Politically, the, the rules and decorum are out the window.
1: Well, I, I'll put it to you this way. Biden early on tried to invoke rather clumsily the weight of grief that this country should be feeling or he was trying to tap into the uh, grief that some people are feeling uh, the family of, of the 200,000 people who've died of coronavirus saying, "How many of you have an empty chair at the table?" From I do someone remember who that. Yeah. Away, it was a good line. Unfortunately, he didn't really deliver it with any type of punch. Um, but I knew where he was trying to go with that. The problem is, is, is that just isn't resonating with enough people. Uh, again, he didn't really deliver it with any veracity. He kind of delivered it quickly and, and stumbled over it. And I don't want to, and I'm not trying to make fun of his stuttering or anything. It's well documented he has a stuttering issue, which also puts him at a disadvantage in a debate like this, especially with someone over like Trump who will talk all over you and, and, and again try to, to throw you off course. But, uh, but what I'm saying is that if you're trying to invoke that grief, Put a face or a name to it, and by flipping it back on Trump and saying, one of your rallies that Herman Cain was at, somebody that people know, somebody that eight years ago was running for president, uh, and did well in a couple states, too.
0: Yeah, had a pretty popular campaign for a few months. Yeah, I think in 2016 he was one of the few that were like a front runner for two weeks.
1: Yeah, what was it? He had that nine nine and nine tax
0: plan. I was gonna say ten ten and ten, but maybe it's it, not. It might be nine,
1: yeah. nine nine. Anyway, he had a flat tax yeah. plan, and and uh, he he won some popularity points off that. But point remains: if you want to put a face and a name to it, to get people who maybe aren't a part of that two hundred thousand um, grieving, then that's where you have to go. And you have to put it back on Trump and say, hey, your rallies are reckless. You're dangerous. Look at me. I'm only having... And, and also, when Trump said, too, nobody's going to your rallies because nobody cares. It has nothing to do with coronavirus, which right, Trump did say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Biden should have said, well, then how come I'm beating you in the polls then? Right. Just... Fucking fire back at him. Right. And, and the, hey, shut up, man, was a great line, and they're already putting it on T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about. That's that's the way you got to play his game. And yeah. when Trump makes a smart-ass line like
0: that, shut him up. Put yeah. it right back at him. I mean, the risk is that <laughs> if you do that, you have to be willing to go to the mat because he's not going to stop. No, he's not gonna stop yeah. but but just keep just keep going with him of course the big uh, the big back and forth today that everyone's talking about is when Chris Wallace asked Donald Trump to denounce white nationalism Trump said yeah yeah I, I'd be willing to I'd be willing to and, and 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 he didn't and then he says give me a name and um, I, I th- Wallace said white supremacists, Biden yelled out the name the Proud Boys, which are a, a, an alt-right militant group. And then Chris Wallace said, um, uh, he he repeated the Proud Boys. And Donald Trump, he said, uh, I want to make sure I get this right because I don't want to misquote it. And I had it here. He said, um, well, I got to Google it in the Trump stand. Yeah, he said, stand by.
1: Stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa on the left. So he immediately tried to deflect it after saying stand back and stand by to the Proud Boys.
0: Right. And so a lot of people saw that and they thought that it was a uh, not-so-thinly-veiled dog whistle and command. Uh, Donald Trump said um, this morning that... he doesn't know who the Proud Boys are. And, and and he went back and he revised its answer and he, he chalked it up to, um, you know, just misspeaking in the moment. So here's here's what I would do, Kyle. You know, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that, on it not being a dog whistle. The thing is, he still failed to denounce white supremacists. And, you know, just because, uh, you know, a, a couple of people... Um, You know, a a couple of protests got violent in the name of Antifa and, and, and Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that that's indicative of the whole movement and it doesn't make white supremacy any less reprehensible but this is what this president does i call it the scare and save right he'll 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 freak you out about some kind of boogeyman whether it's 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 invading hordes of illegal immigrants coming to take your jobs and they're rapists and murderers or yeah
1: what was that mob coming up from mexico or whatever remember that yeah
0: and 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 so what he does is is he freaks you out, and then he he, he freaks you out about some kind of boogeyman who's coming to uh, who, who's coming to take you away, or they're coming to to threaten your your way of life. He's, yeah, there goes the suburbs. Right. He needs to stop with that. The, the abolish the suburbs. It is that is the most radicalizing shit out there. And what he's doing, he's pointing to those idiots in Missouri who. You know a march came through their their you know gated suburban home and the protesters were going to march right by their house but they came out with guns and then they were held up as heroes and speaking at the republican national convention and now now they're trying to convince all everyone that that's going to be the norm if if joe biden is uh if joe biden is elected then he's just gonna he'll, he'll drive antifa to your house on air force one he's just gonna drop them off all over the country um and so what he does is is, is he scares you, uh, despite what he said in the Woodward tapes about not wanting to panic people. Panicking people is his old goddamn platform. Um, but I digress. This is a rant. But what he does is, is is he tries to make you afraid of a group of people, and then he presents himself as the only one that can save you from them. And, and on that same token... Um, you know, he, he he makes them seem worse than this other terrible group that that's in his corner. So <laughs> instead of denouncing white supremacy, which you know what he could have he could have he could have pleased his base by saying I denounce white supremacy and I also denounce violence in the name of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. There you go. But he couldn't even do that. He couldn't even say white supremacy is bad. He just, he just flipped it and he says, uh, uh, why are you talking about white supremacy when, when you got all those rooters, looters and rioters over there, something needs to be done with that. This is a left-wing problem. Okay, so uh, does that mean you're claiming the white supremacists as, as, as right-wing? Because they said, denounce the white supremacists, you say, well, this isn't a right-wing problem, this is a left-wing problem. Okay, so what did you just admit there by mistake? Yeah,
1: and Biden had one of his, I think, few good moments, too, where he quickly snapped back that Antifa is more of an idea than an actual organized group. Right. Unlike Proud Boys, which we know are an organized group, um, and, and we have actual confirmation of that. Uh, just by the way, Mike, of all the misinformation that gets passed around about what Black Lives Matter actually is and and what Antifa actually is and isn't, Uh, I think my favorite meme uh, that that gets passed around uh, Facebook is the... Black Lives Matter has raised something like $57 million since... Right. Where do you send that check to? Yeah. Since 2014, they haven't sent any black children to school, or I think they even try to tidy it up to African-American to make it look really not racist. Right. Yeah. They haven't sent any African-American children to college. They haven't opened up any parks, and then they show a picture of these two charter buses That say Black Lives Matter across it. The problem is it also has the Toronto Raptors logo on it. (laughs) So it's clearly like the Toronto Raptors bus, uh, team bus. That they they put Black Lives Matter on the side of it, it you know, it's to support Black Lives Matter, but right. you know, oh, I see, yeah. yeah, they're trying to make it look like Black Lives Matter went oh, out and bought yeah. million dollar charter buses oh to go from protest to protest. And well, you know, black <laughs> but they haven't sent any African American children to school. That's what Black Lives Matter is really
0: about. Black Lives Matter does have a website and it does have a, a donate button. Mm.
1: They yeah, no, they are an actual um, they are an actual group. And as far as where the money goes, Mike, honestly, I don't know enough about it. I've given to a lot of bail funds. Uh, I have given to Detroit Will Breathe, which is a great local organization. Uh, I I have given to groups like that. I can't say I've given to to Black Lives Matter proper, or at least not that I know of. I mean, some of the money that I've donated may have been funneled or parsed uh, through uh, various uh, channels. But point with Trump is that this is now like the 50th opportunity he's had to denounce um, white supremacy and white uh, terrorism, and he just won't outright say it. There was, going all the way back to Charlottesville, which was three long years ago, Mm -hmm. and uh, think about it then. Three years ago, how insane that weekend was uh, when there was a, a, a protester run down by a Proud Boy in her uh, you know, when she was protesting, he, right. he drove his uh uh dodge right into the crowd. I honestly don't know if he was a proud boy. I should take that back, but I know he was at least a white supremacist right uh and uh Heather Heyer I believe was her name and uh you think all the way back to three years ago, he had the opportunity then to put out the fire, and instead, coming out of that weekend, he refused to three long years ago, here we are today, he has the opportunity again after everything that's happened. Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, who recently got a nice $500,000 donation from some Christian church. Think about that. You kill two people, a Christian church gives you $500,000. Disgusting. But uh, you think about all the violence that's happened in the past three years, and in between you have the end zone, so to speak, bookended, two opportunities for him to say, I denounce white supremacy. I denounce hate crimes in the name of racism. I denounce all of this stuff. And as president, we need to be better as a country, better but blah, blah, blah. He won't say it. There's got to be a reason why he won't say it.
0: Right. Well, and, and then what he does is is once the heat's on him, then he'll, he'll kind of backtrack. But... By then, you know these groups have already pledged their loyalty to them. I mean, right after, right after he said stand, stand back, and stand by, um, the Proud Boys number one pledged their loyalty to Donald Trump, which they probably would have anyway. And then, you know, uh, on on their knockoff on their knockoff social media page on some called Telegram or Telegraph or whatever, uh, they put up they put up a graphic that says stand you know, stand up, stand by, whatever the hell. Yeah. And so, I I, I don't know. Maybe what he does is, in the high-profile moments... In the high-profile moments, he won't denounce them because he knows that uh, hey, those are a lot of voters. Uh, but then, once once the heat gets turned on, he'll he'll come out and backtrack. So at least that's on record. Like like the one time he said wearing masks is is, is a good thing for fighting COVID, uh, but that you know every other time he's come out and and you know he's he's spreading misinformation well, well, about it. That was
1: it. like last night. He had an interesting little stunt where he took his mask out of his pocket. You know, oh, see, I wear a mask. Yeah. Oh, I got my mask right here. But then he starts talking about how Joe Biden is always wearing a mask, wearing a
0: gigantic mask that <laughs> the covers- The biggest mask you've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> well, in talking about suburbs, you know, uh, you know Trump brought up uh, the suburbs are going away. And then Biden goes, you wouldn't know a suburb unless you took a left turn. And then Trump's like, oh, I know the suburbs. I know the suburbs better than you. And that was just, uh, that was just a microcosm of the whole damn
1: night. It was it was so embarrassing and uh, and and that's where I, I hope that this period of American history remains embarrassing yeah. because Trump won't commit to a peaceful transfer of power. He's doing the same thing he did with the white supremacy statements where he's being vague and he's being coy and he's being deflective. And uh, the media gives him this opportunity and Mike, as you said, maybe there's something to it. Because it, it dog whistles his base, his deepest supporters, keeps them on track, so to speak. But then when the heat's turned on, as you said, he'll back off. He still hasn't backed off that whole, we will have a peaceful... Transition. Now, we've had all these Republican senators, Republican congressmen come out and say, of course, we're going to have a peaceful transition of power. Right. We'll Lindsey
0: Graham promised it. it. Like we haven't, uh, it, like last week's major news story wasn't about how Lindsey Graham lied to the American people twice on videotape. It, right.
1: Because suddenly we have to trust these people. But right. that's where I hope things remain. That we remember the Proud Boys is a group of it, it's the prow boys they're a group of guys a group of adult men who wear cute little matching outfits who refuse to jerk off because they believe saving their semen gives them superpowers and boxers do the same thing
0: <laughs> and <laughs> no love making before a fight haven't you seen rocky and
1: we're the ones who are supposed to be scared of these guys Now, listen, I I know that there's been a lot that's happened in Portland, and obviously this this Kyle Rittenhouse asshole in, in Kenosha who came up from Illinois uh, I don't know if he's an official proud boy. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he was uh, too young to be a part of their initiation. Well, I'm sure he's an honorary one now. If he wasn't, right? I I don't know what the proud boys initiation is. What do you just have to have a boner in front of everyone for five minutes, and if you don't crank it, you get accepted into the club? I don't know. Much like Scientology, I've never looked into it. Uh, I'm sure it's very grim. But the whole point is, is is the proud boys? Yes. They can be armed and they can be dangerous, and I want them to be taken seriously as a hate group in this country. At the same time, you you have to remember that uh, we've barely held it together as a country through a lot, whether it was in the late 60s into the early 70s, uh, between race rioting, everything that was going on in the South. Uh, Where the country was a tinderbox back then And and we also had a president Who was a criminal back then And through all that We barely held it together By the tiniest bits of thread and string We held it together Um, Obviously I'm hoping that this is, Is a time in history That we look back on Where we say Holy shit Donald Trump was our president And he said a lot of stupid fucking things and that's all we can think back uh, on this period as. Obviously, there's going to be some, be some troubling moments that we'll never be able to erase. We won't be able to erase uh, children in ICE detention camps and the forced hysterectomies. Uh, we won't be able to erase that. We won't be able to erase the people who have died uh, because of uh, racial violence, the police brutality. Uh, we won't be able to erase all that. But hopefully the overarching theme of this point in history won't be that a civil war broke out after Trump lost the election. Hopefully it'll be that Trump lost the election and, you know, he decided, hell, I guess I'll just go quietly into the night and try some new media empire to get out of all my tax debt.
0: Well, and you you mentioned... um Earlier, well, it was last week, um, at a press conference when Donald Trump was asked if he would commit to a peaceful transfer of power. He said, "Ah, we'll see what happens. And while I I think that it is a lot of bloviating and he's full of crap, you can never be sure with this guy.
1: No. Or his Uh, cabinet.
0: Right. And I know that... um, he nominated Amy Coney Barrett as a Supreme Court justice um, on Saturday, which which everyone knew was going to happen. And it, it looks like she will be confirmed before the election because there's really not much the Democrats can do at this point. And a lot of people are worried that um, he's trying to stack the Supreme Court. So that if it gets up to the supreme if the election gets up to the Supreme Court, which I don't know what kind of mechanisms have to kick into place to to, to elevate it to the Supreme Court but people are are, are worried that he's gonna uh, bump up the election results to the Supreme Court and 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 they will get to decide and since there's a uh, what it what would it be a a six to three majority conservatives yeah. on the Supreme Court that um, they'll hand the election to Donald Trump. Well, you know, I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but I do have some evidence that shows that there's a possibility it won't. Even if Amy Coney Barrett is seated and she's nothing but a Trump stooge, which, which we don't know yet, but um, let's say she is a Trump stooge and is just going to be there to do his bidding. Earlier this year, Uh, The the Supreme Court ruled on a case called Trump v. Vance, uh, which, um, this is from the LA Times, a New York grand jury requires President Trump's accountants and bankers to turn over records revealing his personal... Oh, may a New York grand jury require President Trump's accountants and bankers to turn over records revealing his personal tax returns and financial dealings? So. Uh, the president took concealing um, his financial records to the Supreme Court, and that was stricken down by a vote of seven to two. And I looked, I looked at, at a lot of these rulings, and um, you know, his, his two Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch, which ruled conservative a vast majority of the time, but not every time, and Kavanaugh uh, ruled conservative the majority time um as well in this ruling both kavanaugh and gorsuch ruled against trump saying that um if the proper legal channels are followed he's going to have to turn over his financial records um in fact the uh trump 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 uh, was voted down by a margin of seven to two the only two people saying that Trump should be able to keep his um, financial records secret um, Clarence Thomas and Justice Alito a couple of old guards so you know Trump's two appointees voted uh, voted constitutionally in this in this um, in this matter so even if Amy Coney Barrett it was on the court at the time, uh, it still would have been struck down 6-3. to three. So I look at that because that was a case of Trump trying to cover his ass, and his two appointed justices voted against him, and um, it was struck down by quite a wide margin. So I think there is some hope that even though um, – The Republicans will have the vast, vast majority that if it does get up there, that they will be they will follow the law. Uh,
1: Yeah. And I I understand your point that there's some relief in in the idea that they'll still be constitutionalists, so to speak, uh, and and that they'll follow they'll follow precedent. And and that's that's going to be their aim. Uh, and they, uh, that they won't be uh, biased. However, t- to me, Trump is still serving as uh, not, not all the time in his best interest, believe it or not. He still knows that he has the Bob Bars and Stephen Millers in his life and the Mitch McConnells and Lindsey Grahams in his life who have been cohorting with him ...to push this ultra-conservative agenda. We have to remember that someone somewhere is influencing Trump as well. Mm -hmm. He may be influencing others, but they're also influencing him. Uh, And I say that because 20 years ago, Trump was more... I don't know if you would have ever called him a Democrat. However,
0: he was donating to a lot of Democrat candidates... Do you think he was also Democrat? Uh, Democrat <laughs> donating to a lot of Republicans? Like, Do you think he was just maybe greasing both hands uh, so that oh, he hedges bets for whoever's in power?
1: Yes, and, and I'm sure a lot of that was going on, but he also talked about being anti-war. He also talked about being pro-gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked about a lot of things uh, socially where he was not... Conservative. Pretty much the only thing he was conservative about was race. He's always had a streak of racism in him, going back to the Central Park Five, going back to all the trouble him and his, his uh, father got into for being slumlords. Uh, he's always had a streak of racism in him, going back as long as he's been in public life. However, a lot of social issues, he's always been more liberal. mm mm-hmm. uh, Until recently, where suddenly he's this staunch hawk of a conservative. And again, you have to think that there's some influence going on, that one hand is washing the other, that there's some mutual back scratching going on, that as much as it looks like the party is under his influence right now, they're also striking some influence for him because they know he can get them judges. And he can get them the most conservative judges. He can get them someone like Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. Okay, but as Amy Coney Barrett, especially when it comes to matters of reproductive rights,
0: is as conservative as it gets. Well, yeah, and, and, and my reason for hope was strictly just based on if the election got up to the Supreme Court.
1: Okay, well, right, and and I guess I was kind of veering it into the to, to the direction that
0: oh, I'm convinced they're going after Roe vs. Wade, and yeah. I'm Convinced after that, they're going against Obamacare and or whichever. gay marriage, and yeah, they're not talking gay marriage, but I'm yes. I'm sure I'm sure once they they knock down those two uh, unicorns, they're going to go after gay marriage. Yeah, and,
1: and down the line, and down the line, I I think that's that's definitely it, and that's the idea behind getting in three justices. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to think about that he's gonna to get to appoint three justices in one term. Unbelievable.
0: So where's right. the conspiracy theories in that, by the way? Um, anytime anytime somebody <laughs> anytime somebody who's loosely uh, affiliated with the Clintons ends up dead, they, there's always the you know, there's always the uh, conspiracy theory that they had him offed.
1: Why am I forgetting
0: the name of the, the, the damn Epstein?
1: Justice who retired oh. Oh uh or was it
0: it wasn't Kennedy was it might have been Kennedy yeah I think it is Ke- yeah Kennedy yeah and then Scalia Scalia and Ginsburg died yeah yeah
1: well Kennedy retired after Scalia died yeah and that came out of nowhere was Kennedy li- uh, liberal or conservative? He was. He was. Well, that's the thing. You never knew with these older justices. You never knew. What? Well, that's the way it's supposed to yeah, be. Technically, that's we, what you're supposed to do. Ten, I mean, he more often than not voted in, in favor of, uh, I guess, liberal decisions. Yes, yeah. but he mysteriously decided to retire, yeah. and there really hasn't been more looked into why he retired and when he retired and the whole timing of that. Mm -hmm. But I always thought that was mysterious that he just decided to up and retire when he did, when Republicans badly needed a conservative back on the court Mm -hmm. to even out the bench a little bit, uh, that he decided to hang it up when he did. I always thought that was peculiar. I really did. And a lot of people forget about that, that he chose to retire when he did. Right after Trump gets elected. Yeah. It just seemed like it was really fishy timing to me. But, Mike, I understand what you're saying as far as... By the way... He might not be able to steal this election. But I I still don't know. I mean, Bush got to steal the election. Yeah. So why the
0: hell wouldn't Trump be able to? Yeah. Well, we'll see. And, And, I mean, that's assuming that it gets up to the Supreme Court, which, like I said, I don't know what kind of mechanisms have to kick into place. I didn't pay that close attention in 2000 maybe I'll, I'll research that
1: well it it's now this is me i guess this is me tossing out as much of an uneducated guess i think as anyone but if i remember correctly it, you have to sue to get a recount and then after that you have to appeal the recount and then the recount basically you have to go through a series of appeals To get up to the Supreme Court. Yeah. So so basically the vote would turn into like a court decision. Yeah. That would have to be appealed appealed up through the circuit courts until it gets to the Supreme Court where they would have the Supreme
0: Court decide it. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I think that happened in December of 2000. So it took about a month to get to that point. It took a while.
1: I want to say they ended up deciding it around December or January. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but but that's me guessing, and this is all stuff that we easily could have researched before recording the show. Well, you know what though, we don't we never know what, what's going to come up. I, you'd be surprised how many podcasts I've I've listened to because everyone has a podcast now. How right. many podcasts I've listened to where they just don't do any research and they admit that they don't do research.
0: Well, and, and also you know if if it's just if it's just an impromptu conversation, we don't know what's going to come up. Well, right, between the two of us,
1: right, and but it's it's funny because like there's this this one really good podcast I was listening to and I kind of like as I was going through the episodes cuz I was on a road trip and I ended up like listening to like four or five episodes of this show like while I was on a road trip and it, and it kind of like dawned on me after like listening to two or three of them. I'm like, these guys have zero prep for this. Like, they have an outline of how they do their show, but they have zero
0: prep in what they're go- how they're going to fill in that outline. Like this, like this one uh, one page of hand scribbled notes that I have.
1: But at least you have the you at least you have the hand scribbled notes. And what's yeah. even worse is that I this was confirmed because they had a guest on. And the guest was like, yeah. He's like, I was really surprised they didn't get, like, a show sheet or a primer or something like that. So then at the end of the show, they have this, like, one topic that, like, they make all the guests do. And then the guy was, like, completely confused as to what to do (laughs) or how to present the topic along with the hosts. And I'm just saying...
0: Do some show prep. I mean, do guests usually get a show sheet? I mean, maybe it's because I come from the talk radio world where, you know, if someone asks you for the questions beforehand, unless it's like a sales thing, you tell them that uh, you tell them, no, you're not getting the questions beforehand.
1: Well, I think it's different when it's like an hour long podcast and you're going to have them sit in for an hour with you. Yeah. Uh, You know what I mean? This isn't like a 15 minute interview. Right. You know.
0: Well, Kyle. Uh, just like last week, uh, we're out of time. We didn't get to anything fun this week because the world is a nightmarish hellscape. Well, there wasn't. What what fun topics did you have on the show sheet that we didn't get to? Well, you know what? I was going to go off about the suggested Facebook comments.
1: Oh, that would have been fun.
0: Yeah. What uh, the hell? I mean, here's my take. Okay, uh, if if we're automating human interaction, give me a suggested take. A suggest uh, pizza. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, look. If if you're automating uh, normal human interaction, we're just carbon-based life forms sucking up resources. Like we're not even human beings anymore. Google's been doing that with the emails for a while. Yeah,
1: where they they basically give you suggested responses oh, to yeah. emails, Thanks. And, and I always ignore that. Yeah.
0: Um, also, there were a couple of memes I've seen that I'd like to debunk. We we can. Those are evergreen. I can always uh, do those. So. Well,
1: Mike, we we kind of came back with like the express purpose is is like a, a ramp up to the election. However,
0: we we should carve out some dedicated time to you know, do maybe, some maybe, fun topics. Maybe we'll start with fun stuff, and then the last half hours when we'll just talk about how the world's burning down.
1: So we can at least make sure that we have gotten some fun material yeah. in. We'll we'll hit our fun quota up front, and then we'll get into the yeah all the bullshit
0: yeah i mean yeah and like kyle said we're back at least through the election we'll see what happens after that but but right now it's a limited run so uh we better get upstairs because i don't know how how you i'm not sure if people could hear my dog whining throughout this whole episode kyle kudos to you on the focus because that dog was whining the whole time. This is the most focused I've ever shown, perhaps, in my
1: life. It maybe makes since, you better. Maybe since I was up at the plate with a runner on second and two outs,
0: bottom of the seventh in high school baseball. Oh. Well, maybe I'll have to ask you about that next week. Uh, so anyway, uh, we'll be back next week, as I said. Um, and you know, we don't know how long this election is going to go. This election might go through 2021. So yeah,
1: that's a good point because if it, if it does hit a bunch of recounts and appeals, um, yeah, that's, that's an actual possibility. So I, I guess we'll see. Thanks for listening, Paul. Bye.